Go ahead and have a seat. You're sitting down, Psalms 118.24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, we can be honest, some days it's easier to, to live and believe that verse than others. But this is one of the easier days. Uh, this morning, I've almost kind of equated this more to a, a marriage than a church service. In that uh, Jim Harper and the families come here and that's kind of how we view this. We're not just hiring another employee. We are actually interweaving our lives not only with him but with his family. And it's, it's, it's a little bit till death do us part in a little bit in this. And uh, we're excited. And so I, I have the opportunity, kind of like a wedding. There's singing. There's dancing. It's great. Later there's going to be food. Okay. Um, but I have some things I want to share. Kyle's going to also share. Uh, Jim is going to come up and, and share with you. So a bunch of different things going on this morning. A little different than the normal. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them up to Proverbs chapter 16. And I want to read verse 9. That's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. There's, there's actually three things that I want to work through this morning that uh, God has really laid on my heart as I've been thinking about this day. And it's here and I, I'm very excited. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. We see in the, in the first uh, eight verses talks about the evil and the righteous and the things they want to do and, and what God ends up working out on both and which brings us again to the conclusion that the heart of man plans his way but the Lord establishes his steps. Why I'm really excited about this this morning is I uh, have the opportunity as I'm getting older to actually look back on more years of my life being able to see a bigger picture of of what God is doing and how he's acting, how he's working. And, and as, I've, as I've reflected on this, looked back, Jim and I met about 20 years ago. And, and at, at that meeting, it was actually, uh, I'd been working at another church and realized that I wasn't ready. And I wanted to be trained, equipped, and uh, through some connections, met Jim Harper and, and said, can I learn from you? He said, you are free to follow me around wherever you want. All right, I, okay. And, and that was, really, it was something like that, that you said. And, uh, and that was the beginning uh, of, I will say, a journey that I would have never known. My, my thought was I would get trained, equipped, go back, be a pastor. I had my plans. The heart of man plans his way. But the Lord establishes his steps. Uh, through that, through, through meet, meeting Jim, I actually ended up meeting my wife. And, and uh, he performed our ceremony. And we continued to, to build a bond and a relationship. Jim then was called to Arizona. Which uh, he thought that I was also called to join him. Alright. I thought otherwise. And today we're learning I was right. Okay, yes, we're back in Spokane. Um, so so I, I, I graciously declined as, he, as God led him there. Um, and once again, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And, and so as I was, I was in Spokane, started working at, at a church. And after working there six and a half years, oddly enough, God led me to resign um, out of the blue, my wife had just had our first child, Spencer. 
So she had quit her job, and I informed her I was now quitting mine. And it uh, didn't make a lot of sense, uh, but I had a confidence that, that God was leading. One hour after I resigned, I got a phone call from a man named Matt Boswell. Matt Boswell was a pastor here. He said, Cora, I have, I have a kind of an out of the blue question for you. He says, how would you like to consider maybe coming up and working at Indian Trail Church? The elders said, we need to get another pastor and I'd like you to consider the job. Like, hmm, I'm willing to consider that. And uh, he said, well, here's where it gets even weirder is that I want you to start, this is about mid-November, I want you to start January 1st. Well, I had given my resignation for six weeks, which the culmination of it was January 1st. I said, well, what is also odd, Matt, is I just might be available that day. All right, so let's see, let's see what God has in store. And so, well, eight years ago, yes, I came. So obviously that one, you know, that one finishes. After Matt and I worked together for several years, we, uh, saw that we thought God was leading us to potentially hire another uh, pastor. And there was a pastor that I knew. His name was Kyle Schwann. And ten and a half years ago, Kyle Schwann and I met, saw him. My wife and I both saw him from different places as he attended the church that we were going to. I, I hunted him and not knowing his, his fiance down and said, hey, you're new here. It's just a church you're going to be. You need to get involved in ministry. I can't tell you where, but I can tell you very clearly. Scripture says that you need to get involved somewhere. Use your gifts. Be involved. And I said, would it be fair for me to hold you accountable next week when you show up? Uh, you let me know where you're going to serve. And he goes, no. Uh, <laughs> and I go, really? You realize I'm a pastor. You, know, you don't say no. All right, no. Um, he said, no, we won't be here next week. Ah, so then the judgment continued. Not serving, not attending. Interesting. No. Um, he said, no, I'm just kidding. He said, he, he quickly said, um, no, I'm getting married on Friday and I'm going on my honeymoon. I'm like, that's a really good reason not to be here next week. Okay. All right. So, so I encouraged him. I said, hey, I couldn't imagine a greater thing than on your, on your honeymoon with your wife, coming back and having a plan on how you're going to be involved in ministry together somewhere. He said, I accept that challenge. So... I, I didn't look for him. Several weeks come by. He actually finds me and says, hey, we're back. We want to get involved in ministry and we'd love to serve alongside you. And I said, great. And so Kyle and I began, began a relationship and he started growing. And, and uh, through that, that, God had actually called me on while I was working with Kyle. And Kyle remained and continued to lead that ministry and, and to teach and to disciple and and uh, so, so as Matt threw out, you know, as we were talking to another pastor, I'm like, let's go get Kyle. I know the man. And so we began a process. Matt didn't know Kyle well, and so we started meeting with him and talking and having conversation. And, and after a period of time, it became clear to Matt and I that it just wasn't meant to be right then. And uh, let Kyle know that. And we didn't know what the plans were for the future, but it just, as much as we would have liked it to happen, and it seemed to make sense, it wasn't the time. Uh, about a year later, Matt and I uh, and the elders uh, felt the need that we needed to hire a worship director. And so we took applications. We're doing that for about six months. And then Matt came and sat in my office and said, Cor, if we were to hire one person today to add to our staff, what would be their position? 
And I said, it wouldn't be a music guy. It'd be someone who could teach, who could equip, who could train, who could come alongside us. And he goes, yeah, I think the exact same thing. Well, we need to inform the elders. And so the next night, we went to the elder meeting, thinking, we don't know where this is going to go. And uh, proposed to them, said, hey, this is what we've been doing, but this is where we think God's been leading. Within 10 minutes, every elder around that table shared a story of how God, for the last several months, had been leading them to the exact same conclusion. And then they smiled at us and said, and God's probably put somebody on your heart who should, you should bring, huh? All right. Well, yes. Yes, he did, actually. And so, we had plans. But God established our steps. The timing. The person. We gave Kyle a call. It was in November again. Maybe October. And once again, it was conversation. How about January 1st? He said, okay. So, Kyle came. He joined us. We didn't hire a worship pastor, which in hindsight now, we know why. We now have Jonah. And God was just saying, I've got someone in my time and my way. And I don't know about you, but I am very thankful that I was sensitive to that and, and that we have Jonah here today. And so Kyle and I had the joy of beginning to work together along with Matt. God then called Matt to uh, the Seattle area over on the west side of the state. And at that time, the elders and I... And Kyle, we had a conversation going, you know what? Once again, we want God to lead. We can make our plans. But we want him to direct our steps. We hired Kyle because we needed a third pastor. We were now back down to two. So we knew it wasn't if, it was just when. And we wanted it to be his way and his time. God did an interesting thing. Uh, and once again, this is the, the brevity, being able to look back and see. Gordon Elms got cancer. John Piper said, do never waste your cancer. Nothing comes that isn't from God and doesn't have a way and a purpose and a reason to bring him glory. And at the time, we go, cancer, how is that ever good? An interesting thing happened with that. And praise God, he's, he's actually free of cancer right now. But because of that, he was in Arizona. And he had cancer, needed to fly home, needed to get treatment. And he had a vehicle down there. So Kyle and I said, road trip. And uh, we, we said, this was awesome. It was an opportunity from God. But also in Arizona was a man named Jim Harper. And we thought, wow, maybe God is orchestrating some things to let us go down. Maybe this is the timing here. We can, we can interview him. We can, we can get to know him. Kyle didn't know him that well, only through me. And so we spent some time with him. And, uh, and on our journey back and meeting with the elders, again, oddly enough, it became apparent that it wasn't, wasn't the time. We didn't even know if it was the man at that point. We felt confident yet things just didn't seem to, to rest easy in all of our hearts. And so time went by about a year, year and a half and Kyle was walking right here on the sidewalk. You know, were you, you were coming or going? You were coming. You were coming here early in the morning. And uh, he comes, comes up to my office and I, Cora got a dilemma. Like, all right, lay it on me. He goes, I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I get this thing. God says, go hire Jim Harper. He's like, where did this come from? All right, we haven't even talked to Jim in months. I mean, I, I don't know, but I know what we need to do. We need to go to the elders and say, hey, where does this go? So we brought it to the elders, and, and again, the elders very quickly said, Yes, 
we should call Jim Harper. And so we do, we call Jim Harper and uh, come to find out he is actually planning on leaving his church and is currently candidating at another church and was leaving the next day on a flight to go up there. And like, well, as you go up there, keep us in mind. We would also like to talk with you. And I don't think that was a coincidence that God brought us all on that day to call him. We have our plans, but the Lord establishes our steps. So the conversation, once again, went very rapidly because all the legwork had been done a year before. The, the, the interviews, the conversations, the questions. And so we had a lot of things we didn't need to re rehash. So we extended a call to, to Jim Harper once again. How about January 1st? We had our plans. It's February. I know. I know. You know, God had other plans, okay? But uh, we, we had something we were working on. And so I have to tell you that, that I am excited. As I look over this place and the years and the way that God has brought myself, has brought Kyle, has brought Jim, I believe it's been through divine appointment and his steps, not our plans. His timing, not my wants and desires. And so I, I share that with you so that you can rejoice and be encouraged also. Another thing I want to share is, and, I, and there's not a verse, there's a lot of examples of this, but I believe we serve a generational God. A God that wants to not only reach us, but reach the next generation and the generation after that and the, after that. And we're commanded and, and given instruction, older men and women train up younger to disciple those following after us. We see Moses passing on to Joshua. We see Paul as he trains a Timothy. Again, many examples in scripture. And so a lot of churches either start getting where, where all of their staff is very old and the, and the church begins to die or they, they're very young and there's a, a certain potential wisdom that is lacking. And I have to tell you, we have a great elder board that, that has wisdom and that is older and we we're blessed to Kyle and I to get to work with as a guide and direct. And so we're appreciative of that. But, but a generational thing to help the church maintain. And so as, as Jim has now joined us, Jim was born in 1959. I was born in 1969. Kyle was born in 1979. I'm, I'm kind of seeing this generate. We're currently looking for that 1989. All right, no, but um, not, not really. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how God leads with that. But I am, I, I'm encouraged and I'm thrilled that we have the wisdom and the, and the youth and, and I, I see God working this and, and it is a a unique thing that God is doing here and a unique team that he's assembling. Which, which brings to the third thing, as I say, a unique team. And you can turn to Matthew chapter 22. That's where I'm headed. But the question has come up and it even began when, when Kyle and I gave you a, a new, new way of looking at the church and its leadership. As we took you back to scripture and we said, there are not positions or titles when it comes to the leadership of the church. There are pastor, elders, shepherds. There aren't senior, executive, youth. Those are all man-made things. Those are all delineating things. Hierarchy of authority or command. Whereas God says, no. I have created the church and I've given it an elder board to rule and shepherd over that church. And some of those elders are then freed up financially that they can devote themselves full time 
but they are they are still all equals. And Kyle and I have had that pleasure of being, uh, or I should say, blessing of being freed up financially full time, as Jim will also. But as we started to present this model of, of equals, the question arises: Well, how does that work? What if there's differencing of opinion? Who's in charge? Who calls the shot at the end of the day? Can that really work? And I'd like to hope that that you have seen over the years that not only can it, it, it has and has well. And so this question though has been brought up again. It's like, whoa, a third guy. How's that going to work? Well, hopefully it's going to work the same way it's been working. All right? But I, but I share this with you. There's a couple things. I covet your prayers. Because I think scripture tells us exactly how that can and should work. And so in Matthew chapter 22, I see here Jesus, he's being tested. He goes, but when the Pharisees heard, verse 34, that he had silenced the Sadducees and gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. Where I covet your prayers and where I know this has been the key to working in the past. It's also the key to the future. That my agenda, that Kyle's agenda, that Jim's agenda is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To put him first, it's not about building our kingdom, it's about building his kingdom. It's not about my desires, it's about his desires. And secondly, to love my neighbor as myself. If I love them with an overwhelming love as much as I love myself, this will work. And so pray that we will love God, that we will love each other. And even backing up, because Jesus had 12 disciples. We're only at three, okay? This could grow. All right, but he, he had 12 and in, in, in chapter 20, they, Jesus is talking them. And he says, It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Love God, love each other, and be each other's servant. And slave. And to be like Jesus Christ. If we can maintain that attitude. Which I believe we should. If we lose that attitude. We probably shouldn't even be your pastors. But if we remain that attitude of who Christ is. Loving him. Loving each other. And being a servant. This will not only work. This will work well. Because I believe it's also in the Bible. What it's taught. So Kyle. If you could come share with us now. Um, as I said, I was saying first service how we've been pretty excited about this because uh, it, it seems like it's been so many months ago now that, that we went through this whole process and then it was just a waiting game and so we're, we're really excited that you guys are finally here and safe and maybe not happy yet because you're too tired, but you'll be happy later. Um, and and I, I jotted down the last couple of days a bunch of reasons why I'm really excited that you're here and that this has finally come to fruition. Um, one of them is because um, over the past few years, Jim, you need to know that um, probably 
weekly, if not more often than that, I get called Corey and he gets called Kyle, okay, by these dear people. How many of you have done that to us, by the way? Oh, really, like six of you. The, just, the, the rest of them don't know because we just quit correcting people. I'm just saying, it happens on our staff as well. So you're in good company. Um, and I'm hoping that that will be cut down now. There's three, and so who knows, you know, how that'll go. Okay. Um, I'm excited because you share a deep passion for the gospel to drive all of life and ministry. What, what you just heard is an example of it. Corey goes back, how, how can you pray for us? Pray that we'd be servants. And, and if you listen to that passage, it shouldn't be so among you, but the greatest will serve you. I came to serve and give my life a ransom for many. Always, 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 always the gospel drives who we are and how we live and what we do. And Jim stands with us passionate about the gospel. I'm excited because one of the things that you care deeply about is, is genuine community. Communion among believers. You were even saying for service how you believe that truth comes through those relationships and God uses that. And I, it's no coincidence that uh, this week we're talking about our ITC groups and that's a huge value. It has become one for us and you have a deep heart for that and I pray that God uses your passion in that area. Uh, I'm also excited um, because for, for you and Merle and Amanda, even though um, you've had to leave in these past weeks, long-term relationships and friendships that I know are very, very dear to you, um, I'm excited for you because this is an amazing group of people. And I am very biased, but you will love them and they will love you. And by God's grace, you'll have so many more of those relationships that you've enjoyed um, here in the past and in Arizona. I'm also excited because I believe that this is God's doing, not ours. And, and so I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And, and that's the last reason I'm excited because, as I told First Service, this really isn't about today. We come here and we say, oh, oh isn't this great that we've gotten to this day and, and now we have a new pastor. This isn't for, for any of us, for for any of this elder team, this is about the future. This is about the years to come, the decades to come. God has amazing plans for this place. And I thank God that he's brought another man to walk with us into that future because he is going to use this place to affect this city and this world in big, big ways. And so I am excited. When we were going through this process, um, we, we would talk back and forth on the phone and um, trying to figure out what this would all look like. And, and Jim emailed us one day and said, hey, can you guys shoot me kind of a, a skeleton outline of, of what type of responsibilities, what kind of things I would be doing, um, called a job description, something like that. And, and Corey and I talked for a few minutes, and uh, th then we emailed him back. And though we did include at the bottom of the email, here's, here's some of what we're thinking of areas that, that you'd be a blessing to us. Here's the first thing we said. Our first response is the one that trumps any other. Our desire is that you would come work with us in an effort to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Your job, Jim, is to walk with us and a team of elders as we seek to build this great church, this great group of people into the maturity of 
that God has called them to. That text says a few very clear things. One, that our job primarily isn't to do, it's to, it's to help build others into Christ and, and maturity. It is, a, it is a doctrinal work. It says that we would reach the unity of the faith. And while most of the time we think of faith as something very internal, this is an external, this is building them in the faith, the Christian faith, the faith once for all delivered to the saints, this, this body of truth that drives us. And that's part of your job with us. Next, this is about bringing the church to, to fullness of maturity in Christ. This is about helping us as we try to see the character of Jesus formed in all of us. As we walk together as we weep together, as we rejoice together, these brothers and sisters God has foreknown from before the foundation of the earth and he has predestined them, Scripture says, to be conformed to the image of his Son. And so Jim is going to walk with us as, as we seek to, to help you, to pray for you, to mentor you, to do anything we can do to help Christ be all in your lives. Lastly, Jim's coming and he's helping us with maybe one of the most daunting things in Scripture for men who do what we do, that we would keep watch over your souls as men who will give an account. And that is a fearful thing, and I praise God that we have a brother that will stand shoulder to shoulder with us as we do. And so now, Jim and all of us, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Want to come up? See, you're already seeing teamwork in action right there. Because I'm the old guy, and we don't understand technology. And A couple years ago, we had been at the church that we just previously had left for almost 14 years. And a couple years ago, it started to seem more and more obvious that that was going to come to an end. And that was a really scary thought for me. And even though, for most of my career, student ministries was my background... And in student ministries, you have kind of a revolving door. Kids are coming in and kids are leaving. And, and so change was really in the nature of the ministry. What I found out as I got involved in adult ministry is that wasn't just the case. That you started to really build family relationships with people. And although we always tried not to grip each other too tightly because God directs our lives and we don't, uh, when people would leave... In many ways, I, I found myself having to rediscover who I was because I, there was so much that I became from those relationships. And so then the thought of leaving a place that we had been so long there, it was really a scary thing for me because these men that were a part of that particular church 
played such a huge role in my life. It was, it was a little bit of a scary thing. And so we prayed as we were thinking of this potential move, God, if you would be so good, call us to a place that we don't have to completely start at zero. And so we prayed about that for almost any time that we would talk about this thing or pray about it, that we would want to go to a place that we would have existing relationships established. And so, you know, that would be one of my um, reasons why I have a lot of confidence that this is where God intends for us to be. Uh, when I think of Corey and Kim, we share a lot of life together, and uh, I know those two very well. Uh, there's a number of you in this audience that we have history from the years that we were here in Spokane years ago, and so I'm going to leverage those, and God will leverage them also. The other thing I wanted to say with you is that this is the other uniqueness about this moment in my life. I, whenever we would go somewhere, um, I never was thinking of it as a position that would have its closure. You, you, you really, as a pastor, should go into ministry thinking of it as, this may be where I might die someday. But because I was younger, there was always this high possibility that someday God might move us to another place. Now, who knows, that still may be the case. But because I am growing older, I mean, this is a very much the real possibility that I will die here. That I will be given the opportunity to get to know so many of you in a way that hopefully God will use me in your life and he will use you in my life. And in some ways, this, so this is a marriage ceremony. It's kind of a death do we part uh, kind of a time. So we're thankful to be here, folks. We really are. And my wife and Merle uh, share that. We are a little bit uh, tethered. It's been um, a challenging couple of months. And maybe next week when I have a chance to speak to you a little bit more, I'll talk a little bit about that. So be praying for us. Uh, it's still got it's a little bit of a fatigue factor to it, but we're doing pretty well. But do be praying for us. Um, I, I would say the number one thing in my heart, and Kyle alluded to this, it's just the importance of relationships. In a large church, which I've had a, an opportunity to be a part of, here's the number one thing people will do when they call me. They will typically start with an apology. I'm sorry for having to call you. And the reason they do that is because they equate me more with a manager running programs, overseeing ideas and strategies. And they really have this feeling that a pastor is more that person than someone that's supposed to be in your life. I long to be your pastor, not by title, but by function. It's a two-way street. You have to open up your heart to me as I want to open up my heart to you. Let's work hard to not make us um, earn that privilege. I think transparency is a gift we give, not something we have others earn. And we think that way sometimes. I, I don't want to be transparent with you until I... Well, if you think about it, that's a stalemate. Because if we're both thinking, well, when you earn this, I'll let you really look into my life, then that just goes on and on. If we think about opening up our hearts to one another as a gift, then we're okay. And I do believe that God has a great plan for this church. I don't know what that will be exactly. I just believe he does. And I think my being here is about that. I think Corey's being here is about that. And I do believe Kyle is here for that reason. And I also believe, guess what? You're here for that reason too. That God has plans for this church, for this area. And we would welcome you to become a part of that with us. And I hope that's why you're here. So thanks for inviting us, and uh, it's good to finally be here. It seems like it's been taking forever, 
but we are here and uh, looking forward to the process to becoming more a part of your lives.